Um, we got a few co-hosts on the line as well. We have... I'm, I'm Kiki. I'm Kara. Hello. Hi. So we should have another guest coming on shortly. Um, okay. I guess I should have specified <laughs> Central or Eastern. I'm sorry if it was like, you know... That's okay. On you. <laughs> it actually works out better. I just had to yell at my husband as he was outside doing yard work. Oh, wow. But, what so time is it here? Some- um, it's only seven o'clock, which okay. is normally my kids' bedtime, but because we're like on summer break now, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it gets pushed back to around eight. So that's why earlier I was like, "Oh, I don't, I don't know about that. That's a really difficult time." Yeah, so that works. <laughs> but it actually out. works out a little bit better. I just had a rush to like, you know, turn it on and get him inside. <laughs> Have you done any podcasts before? No. No. Ours too. This is our first one, so bear with us. <laughs> yeah, you're our first guest, <laughs> our first one. So remember that. Okay. Are you? Um, do you feel comfortable being on right now and telling you're getting started, or do you want to wait till um, a few other guests join you? It's whatever you guys want. Doesn't matter to you. Okay. <laughs> um, well, we are looking to do this podcast just to discuss some of the issues that um, women face on the day to day. Um, We're looking to increase women empowerment as much as we can, because I I feel like a lot of women, you know, we hold some things in or we just don't don't talk about it because we feel like we're going to be judged. So that's our mission behind No Boys Allowed. (laughs) And I saw that you I think you shared our page, too, or you liked it. So I I know I shared it. You shared Um, it. Yes. (laughs) Because you had you had said that um, you were hoping to bring awareness to miscarriage and child loss. And so um, I thought that was important. Yes. Um, So do you want to share your journey? Do you want to hear from me? Because I recently went through this experience as well. Um, I'm pretty flexible. (laughs) Okay. Whatever you want to (laughs) do. Okay. Well, I guess we could start with you and just hear a little bit about you um, and then where this journey has taken you. Let me kick my daughter out real quick. Okay. <laughs> I'm having an adult conversation. Yes, yes. Um, so I am a school teacher and um, I have been married for eight years. Um, I have two daughters. Um, so my oldest one is five and a half, and then my rainbow baby is two years and five months. Um, so I. I kind of got pregnant um, on accident on my daughter's second birthday. Like we weren't really trying, but it happened, you know? So we were super excited. Um, and my daughter actually told me that I was pregnant. Like she said, there's a baby. Wow. <laughs> I've heard that experience happening quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, she, she's very smart. That's why I kicked her out. Um, Cause she no longer talks about her dead sister now. So I'm thankful for that. Um, so I didn't want to um, regurgitate any of that. Yeah. <laughs> so she decides that there's a baby in my belly. And of course, like as soon as it happened, I was like, oh yeah, that just happened. Um, so I kind of knew it too. Um, so I, I, I am a strong Christian and I've been attending the same church since I was 12. And my husband and I have been going there. He started going there a little bit before we started dating. And so we've been in the same church for a very long time. Um, And I signed up for the discipleship um, partnering and they put me with this lady. Um, When I, when I got my partner, I was a little bit like, 
why did they put me with her? <laughs> we have nothing in common. She has three kids. She's older than I am, which is great, you know, wiser, but like, I'm really loud and like kind of annoying and blunt and like, I don't like cooking. <laughs> I don't like do those things. Um, and she's like very soft spoken and like loves to bake and like does all this great stuff. And I, I was like, this is weird. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so she was my daughter's preschool teacher at the church. So the next day she goes in and she tells her teacher, this woman, that there's a baby in her mommy's belly. And she said she knew immediately that that's why we were partners because she has lost two children to late miscarriages. She had to um, give birth to one of them. Um, so she knew right away. She was like, oh my gosh, this is why God has put us together. So she just waited like prayed and waited. And, and so it happened. Um, I was 10 and a half weeks pregnant. Um, the first appointment that I went to, they said, Oh, you weren't trying. So you're a couple weeks off. Just looks a little young. Okay. Well, there was a lady in the office that day who moves you from one, one room to the other, you know, that lady who isn't supposed to tell you anything. Yeah. Um, just like, here's your room while you wait for the mm -hmm. doctor. She made a comment about how I was going to never see this child. And I just like lost it. Are you serious? Um, yeah. So I talked to the doctor and the doctor was like, it's going to be fine. And I didn't tell her what she said because, you know, <laughs> she could get fired for that. Mm -hmm. um, so that was the first dumb thing somebody ever said to me <laughs> revolving miscarriage. Um, so she was ultimately right. Um, uh, it was the Friday before Christmas break um, and I was a teacher and I I didn't have like the gush of blood everybody talks about. I did not have that. I just had, um, are we going to go TMI here or, or what? We're all in. We're all in. <laughs> okay. Some people don't like the details. Other people need the details because yeah. the details are, are what makes your story unique. Mm -hmm. um, so if you're good with it, I'm just going to go all well, in. Let me um, just check in with Deja. Deja, are you okay with the details? Yeah, because okay. mine's left a lot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, we're all good, Katie. Okay. So I just kind of was wiping like brown. Mm -hmm. But I, I, as a woman, you know, that's not right. It's like your pre-period blood, the brown stuff that comes. Yeah. It was like that. And I'm 10 weeks, 10 and a half weeks pregnant. Okay. Like this is no good. So I didn't say anything. I just kind of told a couple teachers in the building and we went for pedicures after <laughs> school that day because it was Christmas break. And the next day, um, I was out to lunch with my mom, and I had been really sick with that baby, like so sick. It was not, I mean, it was crazy. And I was like, I feel really great. The medicine that they put me on is so great. And my mom just looked at me like she just knew. Because she knew I had had the brown, and she just said she knew right then. And so at about 6.30 that night, I had had enough. I'm still doing the brown, nothing else, but it's pretty consistent. And so... We went to the ER and um, I'll never forget seeing the slip of paper on the receptionist desks that says um, spontaneous abortion. And it was, was like, <sighs> like here for a possible spontaneous abortion. They didn't know that I could see that. And I just lost it. And my husband's like, it's going to be fine. We don't know anything. It's going to be fine. And so we went back and I was so lucky to have a radiology tech technology person who had had a miscarriage. Um, so she was very like loving and kind and comforting and she's looking and she's looking and 
five days ago, there was a heartbeat, people, okay? She's like, honey, there's no baby. There's no baby at all. I don't see anything. And I just started crying. And she's like the radiology technology person, whatever she was doing, you know, mm-hmm. she's like holding me and my husband and we're all crying. And so she kind of just opens, like when we're all done, she kind of just opens the back door to the office and lets us out like the side street. So I didn't have to like walk past the waiting room again. So that's kind of how it happened. Um, I came home. My parents were here with my, my older daughter who was, you know, two years old. And um, so we had to tell them and everybody else. And cause I'm that person that I had just told people I was pregnant, you know, cause I was starting to show, I show very early. Um, and so I had to go back and like tell other people. And so, you know, at this point, no one I know has had a miscarriage besides the lady at the hospital that I just met, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so the doctor calls me and she's like, you can do, you know, a couple of things. Um, you can either have the DNC or do it naturally, but based on your uterus shape, I think you should do it naturally. Okay. I mean, I don't know any different, right? Yeah. I'd rather do it naturally and have more babies. So I'm, you know, going along, having this miscarriage, four weeks, six weeks. I'm still having this miscarriage. Okay. I've met my lady from church. You know, she's a great mentor. She told me her story. We cried together. We laughed together. We, she gave me books to read and she was great. I was so glad that, you know, God put her with me because we both were like, what is, what is God doing? You know, he put us together. Um, and, and I believe, you know, in my faith, he put us together so she could help me walk through this really dark time. Cause I thought I knew nobody. So after 12 and a half weeks, you know, we're going to do more testing. I'm getting blood drawn out of my arm twice a week. Awful. I have bruises all over just walking around. My body thinks I'm pregnant, but it's like a big long period for 12 weeks. And so one of my teachers at, in the building, she pulled me aside. And so I work at a pretty expensive private school, lots of doctors, lots of OBs. <laughs> one of the other teachers who'd been there a couple years before me pulled me into the workroom and said, you're going to call this doctor. She has five boys at my school and she's probably going to take care of you. So I called her and she was like, oh, honey, you go tell your boss you're leaving. I will see you tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. We need to get this taken care of. Again, like for me and my faith, that was a God thing that I was working at the school and that she was going to take care of me because I was not her patient and she was not accepting new patients. She's the busiest doctor in our town. Um, so when she looks on her ultrasound, I also have a softball sized cyst on my ovary that they don't know what it is that the other doctor didn't tell me about. Surprise. So not only did I have a DNC within 48 hours, I also had liposcopy surgery to move what we may thought may or may not have been cancer at the time. Oh my gosh. Uh, it actually turned out to be benign, but if my body would have continued to miscarry um, naturally, I would have not been able to have more children. So, you know, she really took care of me and, and saved me because if you let your body do that for so long and, and part of the fetus is still there, you know, it can cause shock and can ultimately kill the, the woman. Yeah. So I'm very thankful that she stepped in when she did and, and saved us. Um, so the rest of my story, 
is that, uh, you know, we had to wait for two cycles and then we decided that we would try one more time. And I got pregnant right away again. And um, that's my rainbow baby. So um, I'm super thankful that I have a rainbow baby, but it was a long road. I don't know anybody else who's had a 12 week miscarriage. Actually, I know one other person, uh, but we're not very close. Wow, well, thank you so much Sorry, for sharing your story. It's okay. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Um, Deja, did you say you wanted to go um, next? If not, I can go. I know a lot of what Katie was saying, I kind of experienced too. So I'll, go. I'll go. No, it's not that long, for okay. real. Okay, go ahead. So I was on depo for a probably like six years before I ended up getting pregnant. Um, I was trying to get off because I finally got with somebody. We moved together. I got engaged. Um, I really wasn't like as family oriented how I am now because my attention was all on my dude. <clears throat> so I ended up, I didn't know I was pregnant until I started getting fat for real <laughs> and it happened. <laughs> um, but I was still getting on my periods. I was still... They were not as often as, I mean, how long they usually was, probably like seven days. So they were like three days and it was like real heavy. So I didn't even think that I was pregnant, but I couldn't eat nothing. I was wanting stuff that I wouldn't even, y'all know I don't like sour cream. I was wanting sour cream. I was wanting all type of weird stuff. So I finally took a pregnancy test. I kept taking them. I took like five of them. Two of them came back with a fake line, and then the other three said negative. So I was still doing everything as if I wasn't pregnant. Um, so I was trying to wait to find, because you know your first trimester is like a you don't know stage or whatever. So um, I didn't even know I was pregnant. So I wasn't going to doctor's appointments, but I was taking prenatal vitamins because I was trying to get pregnant. Um, so I ended up finally going to. I couldn't get an appointment, so I ended up going to an abortion clinic, and you know that they give y'all um, ultrasounds or whatever, and it, found, it turned out that I was 12 weeks, but I was looking like I was like three months. <laughs> so I ended up getting a doctor's appointment, I ended up going, and they told me that I was pregnant with twins. My mom, it like runs in my family, I don't know, like it runs in my family, but my mom had all her kids, so I had preeclampsia. So my blood pressure was real high. I was having headaches. I couldn't hold nothing down. I was throwing up a lot. And then I was real stressed out, like, the whole time because I was going through moving situations, and me and his relationship wasn't the same. And then next thing I know, I was having really, really, really bad cramps, and I was sitting on the toilet, and I felt like I had to push. And then bleeding just kept coming and kept coming and kept coming. And then I went to the emergency room and they told me that I was having a miscarriage. And I was all the way to 26 weeks. So I didn't get to do the miscarriage stuff. Uh, I literally had to, like, have them. Yeah. So I, it hurt because I went through all of that. And then you couldn't, you're not coming home with no kids. Yeah. So I don't I don't know 
if I ever want to have any more kids. I don't know if I ever want to go back through that. I don't know if I ever want to do that because it hurt. Not just the physical, not pushing and not, it's just that you get emotionally attached because your body going through so much and so quick. And then I didn't have family so I don't know if y'all know if, if Kiki and um Marge is my cousins, but they was my they're my cousins and I they were somewhat through the journey with me. My other cousin was too, but with stuff going on, I kind of keep to myself. But just like you were talking about God and stuff like that, I believe that was a situation that made me open my eyes up to certain stuff and made me appreciate other stuff way more than what I appreciated for because how I look at it now, I would be messed up if I would have had a kid by who I had a kid by. I would literally be doing everything by myself and I just, my life would have had a complete turnaround. Like I wouldn't even be in a situation or the state of mind that I'm in now. Like it, it helped me for the best part. So I don't know. I'm trying to like move on from it, but it still hurts when I see ultrasounds and I still see stuff and everybody's telling me nothing's wrong with me. I'm not pregnant, blood work showing and, and nobody got an answer on what happened. So I didn't even find out that I had any of that until the end of it. Wow. Thank you for sharing, Deja. You're welcome. Um, yeah, so you guys talked, I mean, the experiences that you both shared, um, I feel like it's a very common experience. And again, people who haven't been through it don't really, you know, notice those things. But as you guys were saying your story, I was like nodding my head like, yep, you know, yep, that happened too. Um, but my personal story is, um, so my husband and I, we, we got married in 2018. Um, we weren't looking to have kids like right away because we're young. We just want to, you know, <laughs> go out on trips and have fun. So, but of course our parents were always, when are you having kids? When are you having kids? So <laughs> that conversation was always there. Um, but we kind of just were like, we were, we're young still. We want to enjoy each other. Um, but, um, it, I, oh, I still had baby fever, you know, I, I've had that forever. So I would always joke about it. But um, my husband finally came to me uh, September of last year. Um, and he was like, you know, our parents are getting older. Um, I think I'm thinking we should try just because, you know, they're getting older and we want them to be around when we do have our kid. So I'm like, what? You like, okay, you know, because <laughs> our original plan wasn't until um, after I graduate with my master's degree, um, which is 2021. So um, we decided to try, which was uh, October. No, we tried end of September, early October. And in November, <laughs> I found out that I was pregnant. So it happened instantly. Um, so, and I was reading, you know, and I didn't know that women struggle to get pregnant that fast. So that was a big thing for me, like, oh, you know, this happened quickly. And I was kind of with the mindset, oh, pregnancy, you know, it just happens, you know, everybody can have a baby and it can be instant. So um, I found out I was pregnant. And I was kind of, I'm like, the, the teacher in me is like an over planner. So I'm already instantly planning everything. Oh, this is where this is going to be my gender reveal, baby shower, uh, the, the nursery, we need to start ordering stuff. My husband was more like, calm down. <laughs> like, we'll get there, you know, we'll get there eventually. Um, but 
during so I, I downloaded apps and everything and I was like tracking it week by week you know and seeing little things oh the heart is starting to develop and the legs are starting to form and things like that um but uh I would say like the first couple weeks like the first week I was like very nauseous so that's how I instantly knew um that I was like pregnant and besides the fact that I was trying to take a test like every day <laughs> but um once I found out um I was like the symptoms were starting to kind of dwindle down and it was my first time pregnancy so I didn't know what to expect you know I didn't know what was too much or what was it what was just right um so I joined a couple groups on Facebook um I, I spoke with a, a couple people in those groups and they were like it's okay you know that happens sometimes you don't have symptoms sometimes you do so don't worry um but at the same time those people in that group like were dropping like I just had a miscarriage I'm out guys I just had a miscarriage so it was like starting to freak me out I'm like wait you know like this is really it's common so I started looking it up and it was like one in every four women will experience a miscarriage so I'm thinking there's what 15,000 of us in this group what's one for you know like so it, it was starting to get in my head but I, I was trying not to worry about it my husband was like just leave the group you know because it's too much I don't want you to be stressing about it um so I unfollowed I didn't really leave I just unfollowed it and tried to just go with the flow um but one day when I was teaching I like started spotting um it was like a a brown I want to say similar to what Katie was saying like the brown color so I'm like um my husband started doing research and he's like well that's common maybe it's just implantation bleeding which is like the the process of the egg and the sperm meeting or something there's more to it but um there was that process and I was like okay so we waited it out a couple days later I was still um still spotting I had just told his parents um like the I want to say the week before Thanksgiving I had just told his parents and then that Friday we had went Black Friday shopping and we were doing a lot of walking and then that was when the spotting had started like to escalate um, even more. So I, I feel bad because I'm like, we just told his parents, you know, like, so this is really going to suck if, if this is what's happening. Um, and I was like, was I walking too much? Is it that? And, and I was looking online trying to like research as much as I can, but there, there wasn't anything that could say this is exactly what, what happened. Um, so then I was at work. Um, I, there was a, a day where it started to bleed even more and again it was like a brownish it got a little bit lighter but it was still pretty brown so um I ended up going to the doctor my team was like just to go just go to be sure and I'm like I don't want to call off work I'm the person who like I want to be the last one to call off work and just teaching is hard trying to get a substitute and somebody to cover you real quick um but I did end up going and that was like super scary I was crying I remember walking into the hospital I'm like she's like what are you here for and I'm just like I, like I was like I think I'm having a miscarriage but it was so hard so hard for me to say and she's like calm down you know you're freaking yourself out more um but we went back and the baby was you know the baby was fine the baby was a little a couple weeks behind um but the heart the heart rate was fine and they were like um well you seem fine right now you know the only thing we're concerned is that your weeks are a couple a couple weeks off um but you seem fine and and my husband was like, see, there was nothing to worry about. And in my head, I was like, I still don't know for sure. It still doesn't feel like I'm, I'm safe because I can't explain this bleeding. Where is this bleeding coming from? And, you know, he, he was just trying to be optimistic about it. Um, but then I want to say a couple days later, a couple days later, it was even it was even redder. So then I, 
I was trying to get into see a doctor, but all the OBGYNs are like eight weeks. And I'm like, I would, I was getting frustrated because I would talk to the nurses on site and they were like, well, what is too much blood or what is, what is, what do you mean? How much are you bleeding? I'm like, I don't know how to describe this. <laughs> I've never been through it. So I don't know what's too much or too little. And it was just frustrating because they wouldn't see me and, and they couldn't give me any, any uh, information. So my, one of my colleagues, she, she told me the OBG that she went to and she was like, you know, they'll get you in. So I called them and they're like, come right now. You know, they were like, you're bleeding, come right now. So I was able to get off and, and go there. And that was like, I wasn't expecting them to say that. Like, even though I didn't feel, I didn't know what the blood was. I didn't know what was going on, but like, I just didn't expect it. So when I was telling my husband, like, I'm just about to go to the OB and see what's going on. I wasn't like, oh, they're going to tell me this is it, you know? So, cause I would have told him to come too, but I just thought like, just to go. So, um, I went there and she was, um, she, she took me in and she was just like, um, she was just asking me questions. She was trying to keep like a straight face like they do, you know, cause they can't really express anything. Um, uh, but she was saying, she was saying, um, how far along are you and yada, yada. And, and I, mind you, when I had went to the ER the week before, um, they were kind of being difficult too. They wouldn't let me see the camera. Um, but I had read that online that they would do that. So I had my husband like record the camera cause he was able to see it. So I was able to see the ultrasound then, and I was able to see like the heartbeat and stuff. So when I was watching her do it, I could tell that it wasn't showing up the same. So, um, she was just like, you know, trying it. And she was saying like, um, this is an area where you would be able to see like if there was a heartbeat. Um, um, so she, she was, she, she was just trying to, you know, keep a straight face. And she was just like, I was like, what, you know, like, what are you saying? And she was like, I don't see anything. So that was, that was a hard, hard time because I, I didn't have my husband there because I didn't think that that's what she was going to say, but that's what she said. So, um, I talked to the doctor and the doctor was like, very matter of fact, she's like, yeah, um, you're going to lose the baby. And do you want the DNC or do you want to take the pills? And I'm like, whoa, like, what are you saying? You know, like, like this, you literally just told me this. And are you sure? Like, are you a hundred percent sure? And she was just so confident in what she was saying. So then, you know, I called my husband at work and told him what happened. And I, I, I went back home and just tried to process everything and did all my research and just like, it happens to so many women on their first pregnancy. And I'm like, you know, why did this happen to me? And you start to question, like, what did I do differently? Did I, should I not have went to the mall? Should I not have um, walked as much as I did? Or should I have kept this to myself because it was still early? Or so you, you question everything and then you, you just run into people who haven't experienced it and they want to know too, you know, they want to know why it happened and you don't have that reason because the doctor is just like just so nonchalant like this is happening this happens all the time you know so for when you you finally experience it it's kind of different and it's it's hard for you to explain because doctors don't even have answers you know and they they use it they say that it's just the DNA didn't or the genetics didn't match up properly and that's that's what happens every time but you're still like but why me? You know, why did it, why did this happen to me? So all of that happened, uh, 
I officially, I had to go through the process where they're like, um, you can go through it naturally or you can take the pills, but I didn't want to take the pills because I felt like I would be, you know, if in the case that there was still some chance that I would be canceling it myself if I took the medicine. Um, but just like you said, Katie, they did list it as a, a early abortion or something like that. And I'm like, what are you like? Why? Why is that even a label? And they're like, that's the proper term. It's called pre-abortion or something. Um, but they're like, it's going to happen naturally. So they're after finding out, okay, I'm going to lose this baby. There's that waiting period where you don't even know where, when you're going to lose the baby. So some people, it can happen instantly. Some people, it takes weeks for you just to, to have the baby. Um, so like Deja was saying, I started to feel like, like I, I got the cramps the day after I left, um, because the doctor told me to come back again. Cause I, I was like, I'm not too sure. Like, I hear you. I, I hear what you're saying, but I still want to wait and see. So I came back another week and had another ultrasound and it was the same. Um, so that, that same day I ended up cramping really bad and I did get the feeling of I have to push. So I did have to push. And I was like, like, what this, 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 I never heard of this before. Um, but I did have to push and I was only, um, uh, I don't know why it's coming to blank right now, but I want to say I was, I was eight weeks, but the baby has stopped growing at six weeks. Um, so, so I, I it wasn't as large, um, like not to say large, cause that's kind of hard to envision, but the further you are along, the more the baby grows. So I was only six weeks, so it wasn't um, as much to push out. Um, but it did feel like, you know, you were actually pushing out the baby. Like they just said, it's, it's an actual process. Um, and the further along you are, the harder it is to, you know, go through it. But that's not to say, you know, however far you are along, a miscarriage is a miscarriage. And it's really hard because you, you make all these plans for the baby prior to, you know, even seeing the baby and all the, just everything. I just had planned and it was all like taken away from me so quickly. So yeah, that, that's my story. <laughs> Sorry. I was like crying in between, <laughs> but, um, Amanda is now joining us. Hi, Amanda. Hi guys. <laughs> Hi. Um, I was just sharing my story. Um, we had a few other um, friends share their story, but <laughs> we were just going over, you know, the, the process of what it feels like and the journey that led us there. To losing our children. Yeah. 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 It's, it's definitely rough. Um, I did want to say mine was not miscarriage. Um, actually uh, had severe preeclampsia um i had like really bad nausea and vomiting but it wasn't like um hd nausea and vomiting but i was able to kind of get it to subside by about week 17 um and then i was taking a blood test to see if my baby would have any um, abnormalities or anything like that and I was actually, it's Monday of Thanksgiving break. I got a phone call. I was at Walmart. Um, and they had said that the, my test came back abnormal, which meant something could be wrong with her. And I lost it in Walmart. Um, thankfully, my husband was with me and he just kind of had to hold me because I almost hit the floor. I wasn't expecting a phone call like this. And so, um, but the thing was, is we wouldn't be able to go see a doctor about it until December. 
And so it's going to be at least two more weeks before I would get to meet with anybody to see if something was wrong with my baby. And as you probably could imagine, I was stressed out because I had no idea what was happening. They just knew that the levels were off and that something could be up. And so um, December finally rolls around and I go to my appointment and I'm like coping with the fact that, yes, I could raise my baby. There could be something wrong. They may live for hours on the day that they're born. They may live for days or my baby could be fine. But it really just seemed like something was going to happen and it wasn't going to be good. Um, and I, we get to the ultrasound and it was so cool to see the baby. Um, I actually have a picture of her where she was face palming me in the picture. I, I told her to move her butt cause she wouldn't move so we could see her and she actually face palmed herself. And, um, I thought that was funny. And the lady tells me that there's something that we see something on your placenta, but we can't go any further detail because your baby won't move enough for us to see if there's anything else wrong with her. Um, so come back in January and we'll see what's going on. So I'm like, okay, I'm not going to stress about it. If they're not stressing about it. Well, apparently I kept stressing about it. And <clears throat> on December 18th, I went for my appointment and they put me on bed rest. I had, my blood pressure was very high. I was showing protein in my urine. And they said, you're going to be on a 24-hour urine test bed rest immediately. Well, it's the last week before Christmas break. So I was freaking out because need to be with my students and need to be celebrating Christmas for them not being in bed. And so I do the 24-hour urine test and I take it back and they said, we are transferring you to the state hospital because you're a high-risk pregnancy. You have severe preeclampsia that was brought on extremely fast. We don't know if you're going to make it or if your child is going to make it. And so I'm blubbering because this is my first pregnancy. I don't know what's going to happen. State hospital is two hours away from family. And so we get in the ambulance and I'm terrified because I don't know all the possibilities. We might get in an accident. You know, I'm like thinking everything through of what could happen. Um, and we get to labor and delivery at the hospital. And this is the, basically the first time I've ever had to have a catheter, first hospital visit, first time to have an IV, everything. So I'm nervous. And... The lady I had for my nurse, I'll never forget her. She was by, by far the best nurse I could have had that whole time. Um, she made me feel very comfortable. She knew this was my first time in the hospital. She checked on me often. I even sent her a thank you note after they'd already moved me floors. Just because I felt like I needed to say thank you for keeping me safe and keeping my baby safe. Um, I was hospitalized for about a week and a half. And on Christmas Day, I was given... Um, the shots to try and help my baby grow because we didn't think that my blood pressure was going to be stabilized enough to not have to give birth early. And so at this point on Christmas Day, I'm 23 weeks. And so um, they gave me the shots. It would take a couple days for it to go through both sets of shots. Um, and at 23 and three days on December 28th, I gave birth to C-section to my daughter, Lily. Um, extremely terrified, did not like the spinal. Um, so I take her to the NICU because of course she's incredibly small. Um, and then they moved me to my recovery room and then to the mama recovery room. And I remember panicking because my blood pressure wouldn't go down. So they weren't going to release me. Um, my insurance was about to end at the end of a, at the end of a year. 
And so if I kept me after January 1st, I was going to be hit with some really high charges. Um, and I was nervous about all of that. And so luckily, I was released the day before New Year's Eve. And um, I went up and saw Lily. We decided, because we'd been in the hospital for over two weeks at that point, to go home, check on our dogs. People had been checking on him throughout the whole time. Take a shower and rest a little bit and then come back. And so we left Wednesday and went back on Friday. And as we're going back, um, I get a phone call saying, are you on your way? We heard you were coming today and we wanted to check to make sure you were still coming. And I said, yes, I'll be there. Um, we'll both be there. And they said, okay, just come see us when you get here. And my husband's like, oh, don't worry about it. You know, it's not, it's not going to be anything you need to worry about. They just probably want to make sure that we get there safely. And I'm like, okay, if he's not worried, I'm not going to worry. I'm going to stop doing that. And so I get there. And we both get there. And they say, they told us that um, there are problems with her lungs and with brain bleeding. Well, during the pregnancy, the reason I had to give birth wasn't quite because of my blood pressure. It's because her heart rate was dropping and the blood wasn't getting to where she needed it. And so I think from that point to me giving birth and then her being alive, it created some problems throughout the whole thing. And so that Friday, they told us that we may have to make the decision to let her go. Um, and so we said, let's wait and we'll take some more x-rays, give it some time and we'll see if God can help us, if prayers can help, if something can help, um, I don't, we're not going to give up yet. Um, she wasn't even a week old yet. The next day she turned a week old Saturday. And um, they said, well, we try to do what we could do because we're not radiologists. We tried to check x-rays and see how she's doing. And it just seems like it's getting worse. And so we said, well, let's wait till Monday because then the radiologist can come in. They can do the x-rays. They can see what's going on with her lungs. They can see what's going on with her brain bleed. And then we can know if, if this is it. And so Monday came around, um, nine days after birth. Um, so it came around and we had a meeting with some other doctors from a different hospital that worked with this hospital. And they told me that the brain bleed was in a very different spot than what it should be with a um, premature baby. The bleeding was very excessive and that they did not believe that the brain was going to be able to handle that kind of bleed. And so they truly believe that the best option at this point was to let her go. And I looked at them dead in the eyes and I said, so you swear there's nothing you can do to save her? And they said, no, that it's too much. They can't do surgery. She's too small. She wouldn't handle moving to a different hospital that could handle it. This was just, this is it. And so uh, my husband and I talked it out and we knew that this could happen, but we didn't expect it to happen nine days later. We had hoped to be at the hospital for a while and built some memories with her. And so we decided to let her go. We asked if they wanted her um, body for any science stuff because this is a, um, a medical school, hospital, university. Um, and we had students come in and they applied skin stuff on her skin to see if um, that would help. Um, basically, they were teaching students all the time. So we asked if they would want her 
body for anything medical. They said no. We asked if there was anything else that we could do to try and help forward, like help medical science as it goes forward. And they said, I know that's hard for you to ask, but we don't need her. We know what's happening. We know why it happened. And so we decided to have her cremated. Um, the last three hours of that day were extremely hard. I knew what was coming. I think it was like mother instinct. Because even that day she was born, I told my husband at four o'clock in the morning I was going to be giving birth that day. But I remember that day I wanted to run away. And that sounds horrible. Um, and I know it sounds horrible. But I was afraid. I knew that the, she was leaving us. But this was it, and I didn't want to face that. And my husband, I'll never forget, just he ran after me down a hospital hallway to get me to not leave because he told me I would regret that for the rest of my life. And I knew I would have. But to have to say goodbye to your baby is not something that anybody should ever have to do. It's not humane. It's not right. I mean, I would give anything in this world for women to not have to feel this way, to not have to say goodbye to their babies because. You know, once we find out we're pregnant, I mean, even if you're terrified, you start beginning to think of a life for them and what you want for them and how you want to raise them. And then all of a sudden, all those options are gone. I mean, we had just figured out a name for her. We called her Bean. And we had just figured out her name was Lily. We had just decided that. And so, um, we held her. I held her for almost two hours. I didn't even realize two hours had passed. I held her for almost two hours. Um, I look at the pictures often, and you can just see the heartbreak. Um, you can just see the heartbreak on my face as I hold her, as I burst into tears, because one, I'm excited to finally hold my baby, but two, because I know the only reason I get to is because we're saying goodbye. Her skin was not developed correctly enough. Um, it actually had broken at the neck. And so she was bleeding because her skin had torn. And I just remember being so gross, like disgusted by it. But at the same time, wanting somebody to come help her because I felt like that was hurting her. But they swore that she was on so many medications that she couldn't feel any pain. Um... I held her for about two hours, and I finally passed it on to my husband. That way he gets to hold her. She was still attached to everything, the ventilator and everything like that. And his parents were there. My parents were there. My sister-in-law and my brother were there. And it was just a really emotional time. I remember holding her and begging somebody to go get the chaplain so she could be baptized. Because one thing I said was I'll be damned if I don't get to see her again it's just and, and my belief is that we're get to see her again and holding her while she got baptized and then watching my husband hold her was the best thing I had it felt like my whole world was put to, like it was together and then just to have it fall apart so quickly the same day was just gut-wrenching it was heartbreaking it was every emotion you could ever imagine all at once and since then it's been like that it's been I've had anger I've had rage, I've had heartbreak, I've had happiness, I've had just about every emotion you could think of on this stupid roller coaster that we have to go through.
because I missed my baby. And when we had to go pick up her ashes at the hospital, the same hospital, that making that drive was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. Two hour drive, realizing you're just going to pick up your daughter's ashes. And that was it. And we sat in the car for about 30 minutes before we could gather up enough energy to go get her ashes. And I'll just never forget how much compassion people showed. People reached out to me that I never even talked to. People raised money for us because they thought we'd be in the hospital for a long time. And while all of that was absolutely amazing, I just know nothing will ever make this better. Even if I have another child, I would love that child with everything in me, but I still miss Lily. I still miss everything we would have had together. I miss everything that I had planned for her, all the family that she got to meet through an incubator, but that was it. They never, we never got to see her eyes. Don't know what color hair she would have had. Don't know what she would have grown up to look like. And that is sex, especially when it seems like everybody around you is pregnant and expecting. Um, I took a six, almost eight week leave from work. And the second week I got back, my coworker told me she's pregnant. And that was the hardest thing I had to go through to sit there. Because I was happy for her, of course. But realizing she got pregnant the same time my baby died was like a knife to my heart because it was like I was mourning my child and she gets pregnant, you know? I mean, it sounds horrible, but it's like I've told her I love her and I'm so happy for her that she's going to have a, she's gonna have a girl. But it's like I can't pretend that this isn't hard on me. I, I lost my baby, my only child, and I think about her every day. I'm really sorry. I'm pouring all this all in you guys. No, you're fine. But it's just no. We child are... loss is so hard. Baby loss, infant loss, miscarriages, yeah, stillborn. It is so hard. And that's and it's, um going through that experience has brought you know the light to me that we don't talk about it and it's it happens so often. Um, so I do appreciate you sharing your story, Amanda. I think it's very similar to. Um, some of us who've already shared our story, you know, just the whole process is it's hard to for us to understand. So for those who haven't been through it, I can't even imagine, you know, them trying to process how we're feeling because it you don't know how to prepare for it. You don't feel it until it hits you. Um, and I'm in the same situation where it was it was my first, you know, my first child. So you you never you never get over that. And then I know, Katie, you're in a situation where you have a, a daughter. So I know that's just as hard, too, because I have a cousin who just lost a child and she had a child a year ago. So, you know, that's hard to process, too, you know, just having it and then not being able to have it again. So I think I it's really great that you guys were able to share your stories with us. Um, the more we talk about it, I think the more, you know, women will start to understand and not just women, but guys, too the just all the things that we have to go through um i know candace is on the line candace if you wanted to share your story um are you okay with doing so i know this has been hard to hear um can you hear me yes okay yes um i'll share it uh, y'all got me all sad i'm crying like, Girl, i know <laughs> i'm trying to sh i'm trying to shake it off and get it together so but um my story is a really short story um at the time, I was in a relationship for about five years, and when I found out I was pregnant, I was super, super excited. 
you know, although it wasn't the way that I planned it, because I always said, you know what, I want to be married first, you know, do it the right way, but things happen. Mm-hmm. But we were both excited about it, and I was having all the cravings. I was eating fried chicken, you know. <laughs> it was crazy, but it was like I was so happy, and it was just a wonderful, a wonderful feeling. But then it was like after a while, I noticed that I wasn't having any cravings. I wasn't eating as much as I was. And then all of a sudden, I started to have little cramps and spotting. So I called my doctor, and he said that was normal. So I'm like, okay, just breathe, Candice. It's okay. Just, you know, just rest. But Mm -hmm. then the cramps got even worse. And I'm like, okay, no, that's, I know that's not supposed to be happening. So I went on, I went to emergency. And then the next thing you know, they checked me out, and they was like, yes, you, you're having a miscarriage. And when I tell you my heart, fell in my stomach it was just like the worst day of my life the pain like I could not move like it was just a horrible experience my body felt different after like I didn't feel secure in myself like it was just the worst feeling ever mm-hmm. like and I'm, uh, I'm sorry y'all it's okay. No, it's okay we we understand completely um i i know you got you talked about going to the hospital as well did you have to did they allow you to see the camera like when they were doing the ultrasound at all no they didn't even allow me to see it yeah. she literally just like went in and then that was it and i felt like through that process like that the i don't know I, i'm sure there's a ton of doctors you know who want to help as much as possible but to me right that was like part of the hardest thing like how they were just like it, it was just nothing to them you know like oh this just yes happened. and so when I went they were like oh we can't show you the ultrasound because we're not your OBGYN and then when I try to reach out to the OBGYN you have to wait eight weeks because you know it's still early and it was just mm-hmm. to me that was just like a hard hard thing to process too it made you feel more alone right yeah just the whole experience like for any woman and then sometimes you know well, the guy that I was with then, like, he was heartbroken, but I don't feel like he felt it as much as I felt it, you know? Mm-hmm. So I did feel alone and by myself. I'm like, wow, like, that was supposed to be my first child. Like, we supposed to be happy, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was just sad. And, I, and I've learned that, too. Like, the guys, you know, they kind of, they just all handle it differently. And I feel like, yeah. um, I feel like in my situation, I was fortunate because my husband, like, he was, you know, he wanted to be a part of it, but I know there's so many men who just, who treat their, their significant other differently after, mm-hmm. or they just don't process it at all. And it's just like, it's, it could be a very lonely, a lonely time. Yes, it can. Um, that's, so, that's my story, y'all. Uh, thank you yeah. for sharing. Thank you guys for sharing. It makes the situation longer. It's more than, like you think about it more, like even stuff that you shouldn't even be thinking about. It make you feel like you you the one who did it when you don't like we did this together and now I'm doing it all by myself. Mm-hmm. Like everything by myself. Yeah, we have to as women we have to handle a lot of things, you know, by ourselves and that's the unfortunate situation because it happens to our body. So I don't know. I, I guess they disconnect in that sense. I think that's what it is, your body, your problem. It's baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um, but we had we just wanted to uh, ask you guys if you wouldn't mind answering a few questions um, that 
we have because I, you know, I've been through it. Um, but my co-hosts, um, Kiki and Kyra, they just have some questions looking for um, from a woman who haven't been through it from their perspective. So would you guys be okay with answering a couple questions? Yeah. yeah that's cool. I'm just going to keep you on my phone because I ain't got my seatbelt on and I'm in the car. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Um, so I guess I will start off with just um, one of the things I noticed, I kind of mentioned it when I was sharing my story is just the questions, you know, like to me, um, I would say there's certain questions that you shouldn't ask a person who's just went through this. Um, and to me, the first thing is just why, you know, why did this happen to you? And I feel like that was the hardest thing that people asked me. And I was like, I don't know. The doctor don't even know, you know, so yeah. don't ask me why this happened. I don't know. So would you ladies say that there are any other questions that you feel just you would like people not to ask you? I don't mind nobody asking me questions, but a lot of questions I can't answer because mm -hmm. I'm, when I'm hurt, I'm very dismissive. And I was very dismissive out of the whole thing because I was, I didn't want to know some of the answers because I felt like it would make me more depressed than what I was. I was very dismissive. I didn't want to see anything. I didn't want to, I didn't want to do nothing. I just wanted to get out of the situation. I wanted to get out of the room. I wanted to get out of the hospital. I didn't, I didn't want to be in a situation no more. Yeah. Understand. I, was very, I was very dismissive and I know you, Kirsten and Margarita, y'all, y'all know that I'm very dismissive. Like yeah. I didn't, when I shut down, I shut down. So when I leave that situation, I leave it where where is that? I mean, like Mother's Day was a, a very hard time for me. Uh, like very hard. Like I didn't want to get out the bed. I didn't want to do nothing. I, I think I was like making myself more depressed because I, I kept on going back and reminiscing and yeah. wondering what will I do if I ever get back in a situation. Um, so just hearing all of y'all situations, um, I know in the beginning, I know um, a couple two people didn't uh, hear what I said, but I was really shutting down. I didn't want to have, I didn't think that I wanted to have no more because I thought my situation was like completely different from everybody's. But Amanda's, my situation is so much like yours. Like I was all the way at 26 weeks. So I understand everything that you was, that you went through. I just couldn't go into detail because I didn't want to go back. I didn't want to go back and relive that situation. Mm -hmm. It's understandable. Well, thank you for sharing that. Does anybody else have any questions that you wouldn't want people to ask you? I just think, and this is hard for, for even me, right? You know, your friends, people, and they, you know, when are you going to have babies? And everybody does yeah. that. And yeah. uh, my aunt and uncle, they, they had a child who was about 10 years older than me and she was born at 23 weeks and they could hold her in the palm of her hand. And, and, and having a child born early, like Amanda and Deja did is, is, you know, in the world dies is a little bit different and, and it is different than having a miscarriage like I had. Um, and so my aunt and uncle, they had had that happen to them and she passed away the next day. Um, so my family never asked that question. When are you going to have kids? Because it was already a sore subject with, with our family. Um, and I just think that is the most hurtful when you don't know people well enough and you ask them that. Um, you know, cause I have two best friends who dealt with infertility for years. The worst thing I ever had to do was tell one of my best friends since I was nine that I was pregnant with my oldest daughter when she'd been trying for two years. Um, that was terrible. So I don't, I really try not to be like, Oh, when are you going to have a 
have babies, you know, and I, I cringe when people say that and I catch myself wanting to ask people that. And I'm like, you idiot, you've been through this. Like, don't ask people that. And it's, it's funny that you mention it. Cause I feel like after you go through it, you're kind of like more like it's on your conscience more. And like, even, you know, when I, when I see posts of babies and I'm just like, they, you know, I, I want that. And I, I wish I could, you know, have those pictures to post, but then I'm like, well, what about when I do get pregnant? Will I not want to post because I don't want to, you know, share it? So it's just, it's a hard I time. Think, I think that's mine. Like, I don't think, I feel like people shouldn't question people's situations, like, saying, because a lot of people are secretive, like me. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people try to, like, pick stories and they add stuff and take stuff out. And I think that's what makes people like hide their whole pregnancy the whole time because it's like I'm not, you you're not my doctor I'm not getting ready to explain to you why this happened. Mm-hmm. Is there any other questions you guys feel like um, could trigger trigger you? No. Um, I do have something to say. I remember uh, it wasn't really a question asked, but I remember going out to breakfast and it was on Mother's Day. And the restaurant, they was handing out roses, you know, to all the mothers. And he just handed me a rose and said, happy Mother's Day, like the waiter. And I I had to run out the restaurant. Like, I just broke down. I couldn't take it. It was the worst day again. And see that? And that's another thing where it's like people, you know, they have these good intentions and they don't realize, you know, like my, um, my brother made a post on mother's day like with pictures of um, my family members who were mothers and i was before i looked at who was tagged in it i was like oh he probably didn't tag me because i didn't actually have my baby but then i looked at it and then i was tagged and i was like but now now i'm even more hurt because i don't have the baby so it's just like you know they have such good intentions it just once you once you go through it it's anything yeah and then it's like when don't nobody say nothing it's like dang so my situation not for real so like everybody don't pay attention that I did go through it. Right. Why did this? Like I would, how it bothered her that she got it. It would have bothered me that I didn't get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like my feelings would have been hurt. <laughs> yeah. It it bothered me that people didn't know what to do, so they just didn't say anything. They like danced around it. You know, like I had my miscarriage on um, December seventeenth was the day that they told me that there was no baby anymore. Um, you know, so Christmas was right here and everyone's just acting like everything's fine except for my grandma. But, you know, <laughs> um, and, and I'm like, okay, you know, my, my cousin, she's more like my sister and, you know, we're really good friends and she literally didn't say anything about it. And like after my second daughter was born, I, I finally just said something to her and I was like, why didn't you ever say anything? Like, are you kidding me? You never said a word. You didn't say anything. And she was like, I didn't know what to say. Yeah. Anything would have been better than nothing. Like, I guess that's really a lead to the next question I have to ask. But before I ask it, Amanda, did you have anything that you wouldn't want anybody to ask you? Um, probably when are you going to try again? It's definitely a big one. Um, I still have flashbacks and dreams. Um, my sister-in-law suffered from HD and they just posted a video, a movie about what is HD. Um, and one of the ladies in the video had an IV on her arm, which is, I tried really hard not to freak out over it. Um, and so any mention of hospitals or IVs or surgery or anything like that freaks me out. 
um, as you guys were talking for a second about how somebody mentioned, you know, Happy Mother's Day to you, and you kind of like it just it hit you in that spot, and I understand. And it's kind of funny because I guess there was a bereaved mother's Mother's Day, which is a Sunday before um, Mother's Day, and then there's Mother's Day, and um, actually I found out that Mother's Day was created for those who had lost their babies, but it was mm. turned around throughout the years. And it's changed to mothers who have their babies or have had babies is how I see it, honestly. Um, and I wanted to be recognized because what I went through was traumatic. I had a baby. Um, she was alive in my stomach. She was, thankfully for me, was alive outside of my stomach. But I think if you even had a miscarriage or stillbirth or anything like that, you are a mom. And that's my true belief. And so I wanted to be recognized and I wanted people to realize that she is still such a huge part of my life and that I want to keep her memory alive. But then there's also times where it's like, but I only want that when I want, it. you know, like if you mention it and I'm not feeling it that way, I might just cry or like scream at you because I'm not wanting a recognition right now. If that makes sense. And yep. so it's almost like you are, I don't know, like, mood swings up and down about different things and some things will hit harder than others and just the mention of pregnancy or an ultrasound or hearing a baby's heartbeat for me is very traumatic um it i tense up really bad and i'll try really mm -hmm. hard not to cry and so just different things of my pregnancy um i chewed on tums the whole time that was the only thing that could help settle my stomach and so the other day I had really bad acid reflux and the only thing that could settle it was Tums. And so I had one and it was like the most intense flashback ever because I chewed on those things like it was candy when I was pregnant. And to have that same taste that I tasted for weeks upon weeks upon weeks was just, it was intense. It really was. And I know I kind of got off topic with what I don't want to be asked, but it's like all these things together really show you that what you go through it's traumatic. Yeah. I mean, it is absolutely traumatic. You don't plan for your, to lose your baby. You, mm -hmm. Nobody plans to lose their baby like that. And, and so... And, you kinda, uh, when you brought up the Toms, that kind of reminded me of uh, prenatal vitamins. So I was taking those, you know, every day. And then after we lost the baby, we immediately wanted to try again. And I'm just like, I don't want to take these stupid pills because it's yes. a reminder, <laughs> you know. Of yes. I already told my husband, I'm going to have to find different prenatals if we try again, mm -hmm. because the ones I had didn't sit well anyways. And so when I did have them, I was puking them up. And so, yeah. of course, that doesn't taste good. Because they're so out. big. Like, we try again. I know. <laughs> they're ridiculously you guys, large. You can take Fred Flintstones with iron. And it works just the same. The the kid uh kid Flintstone <laughs> those bring that's, back memories too. That's, the oh, that's what I was told. So I took those for a while because with my uh, with my third pregnancy with my second living daughter, um I I couldn't keep things down, but I was so afraid to take diclegis again because we don't know why I lost my baby. Um, I wouldn't take anything for the nausea, so I just dealt with it and just you know kind of tried. To and like I wasn't pregnant, but yet I yeah. was happy to know that I had nausea. Um, so anyways, yes, but you can take Fred Flintstones. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently they're well, great. Double well, check with your OBs, but I'm pretty sure that they're like the same. <laughs> and definitely touching on that whole thing where like, you are grateful to have these symptoms because at least it meant that the baby wasn't gone yet. And so like the moment that the symptoms stopped, 
that I wasn't so nauseous because we finally figured something out. I panicked mm -hmm. so bad. And yeah. I can really see like why I had pre-cramps because I stressed out between not having symptoms and then getting that blood test back saying something could be wrong and having to wait, something off my placenta in school. I mean, I can see totally why I ended up going into pre-cramps so quickly, but it's like... Mine just instantly, I was in it right as soon as I found out I was pregnant. But I feel like people shouldn't say, um, everything going to be okay. How are you going to tell me everything going to be okay? You ain't even going through this and you got six kids. <laughs> <laughs> How you going to tell me that? You don't know uh, Deja, I guess that. that'll lead to really what I want to ask. Like, cause you, you guys know I'm a person that hasn't experienced it. And me being an example of a friend, family member, mother, sister, anything, how could someone like me support you guys? Like, what's the Just thing you would there. want to hear? What would you want us to say? Stuff like that. I would just just be there, be my cousin, be my friend, be you know it's not even what you say. It could be, I could appreciate what you don't say as much as more than what you say because you never know how because if you don't go through it, you don't know what to hurt somebody. Just I feel like it's just equivalent to you losing your mom or your dad or your cousin or something like that. I can't tell you I know what you're going through because I don't know what you're going through. Mm -hmm. But I'm here for you. I want to hear I'm here for you. Mm -hmm. I got yeah, you. Yeah, that that'd be the reason why a lot of us would be hesitant just because we wouldn't want to say the wrong thing to hurt somebody we love. Like we wouldn't want you guys to we wouldn't want to say that something that would trigger anything. So that's why even on Mother's Day, like with Deli and Deja, like they're my cousins and I still text them Happy Mother's Day. I told them they're both mothers to angels. And I was hesitant the whole day to send it. But, like, I still end up sending it. I'm, like, just, I'm about to do it because I want them to feel special. That made special. me cry so bad, Kirsten. And I was so happy that you sent that. Like, I swear I wanted to come over your house and give you a hug with all this quarantine and stuff. <laughs> I can't even do it. But I was crying. And I was looking at our pictures and my baby pictures. And it just made me feel so good because you was the first person and the only person that told me. Well, Margarita, too. Y'all was the only two that told me that. And I appreciate that so much. Like, that made me I was down the whole day, and then I got up, I got the cooking, turned music on, had some wine. I was, I was so much better. And I think um, kind of what Katie mentioned about her sister, I think just constantly checking in, you know, it's like it's not a one-time thing. It wasn't, you know, you're sad, and then you're just over it because just like Deja was saying, Mother's Day, like I didn't expect that to hit me. And then it did, you know, like I, I was mm -hmm. like, okay, I guess I'm fine now. I'm smiling. I'm, I, I'm feeling okay. I can talk about it. And, and then boom, you know, it felt like it had just happened again. I'm like, oh my God, I lost my baby. And so I think just constantly checking in and saying, you know, are you okay? Not even if you don't want to say, you know, are you okay about the baby? Just, you know, are you okay? Just the general, are you okay? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I will say the only thing that I regret out of the situation is being dismissive because there was so many people who, I mean, all I have was ultrasounds to look at. It's so many people that have to look back on. I didn't have nothing because like I said, y'all, I was so dismissive. I didn't want to see like, if I could do anything different, I would have wanted to be there i would have wanted to have that experience that she had while holding her baby or being able to look or anything i was just so dismissive because i have a friend that um stays in Atlanta, and she went through the same thing and her situation was so bad she was nowhere near as far as i was and she killed herself behind it 
like she was so depressed like she lost her mom she lost her dad her and that was like her happy like that she mm-hmm. she did that because she felt like now she got somebody who who won't leave her leave here before her hopefully that was her closure and then when it's like everything keep getting took from you doing everything right and this just keep happening you don't have no answers you, you don't know what's the reason or why it happened or nothing like that so she ended up killing herself behind that because it's like everybody else gone like what am I here for but it wasn't nothing that I could tell her because she already had her mom made up. Right. Yeah. It it definitely affects women differently. Um, each woman, you know, some women are okay and they can move on and be ready for the next thing and that's okay, you know. And then there's women who aren't okay and it's gonna affect them for the rest of their life. And that's okay too. So I think just knowing that it's not a set way. Cause I think that's what we look for sometimes. Oh, do they look sad? Oh, do they look like a victim? You know, and I think we shouldn't do that because everybody just grieves in their own. And I think this situation pushed me away. Cause Kirsten and um, Mark, this the conversation that we had on the phone. Like why won't I get in a relationship? Or why do I be so dismissive to people who deserve that chance? Mm-hmm. everything is so temporary like you don't understand or appreciate it until something is gone like you appreciate all the little stuff when you don't have it no more so I think I'm just trying to protect myself from never having to go through it again when I have to understand that it might happen again Yeah, and that's the and scary part right. um, I mean I know there's tons of women you know who go this is a one-time thing and they have a baby but then there's others who go through it again and again and again. it's definitely scary and it's definitely you know people who are dismissive Deja so don't feel like you know you were the only one to find it that way because there's tons of women who do the same thing and I got another question was anybody on like birth control before they um got pregnant um I had I was on birth control prior to and then I had came off September the whole month of September and then I tried the first in October and then boom so I yeah, I see, constantly I go back right like away. it hmm. wasn't even like three months but I got pregnant like right away right after you I still, yeah I, I didn't have no periods while I was on depo and I was on it for years I didn't have no periods and then I started getting periods and that's when I was pregnant mm. I, don't know. Uh, I hear a lot of people that say the first time they um, get pregnant from being on a form of birth control, they lose them. Like 80% of people that I've asked. And that was My first daughter was conceived um, a month and a half after getting off birth control for several years. That's kind of scary because I was thinking about that too and I was like, hmm, is there... My, my first daughter, she lived. Like, she's almost six. Yeah. So... I think it just depends on your body. Yeah. I had an IUD for almost three years, and I took it out and got pregnant almost right away. Right away, yeah. So that makes me think maybe I should get back on, but I know I shouldn't. But, you know, I'm just like, well, if it's going to happen instantly, maybe I should but try to you did tell me is that I did have a sack. I mean, I said a sack. I'm about to mix it up. Had an infection in my sack, like where my, the kids were. Mm-hmm. And... I, they think it came from the depot. Oh, wow. So, I mean, oh. after they told me my kids was making it, it was like, all right, what's next? I don't even want to hear the rest of it. I Just keep it going, yeah. Um, what's next? Did you have any questions you feel um, 
what are any ways that people can show support? Um, I agree with Deja. Just, you know, being there. Mm-hmm. Because I know it is hard. You may not know what to say, but just like I wish I had someone that was there for me, you know. Yeah. And even with you guys, I think um so a couple of you said it was just this past December. Um, but for let's say it's years down the line, do you wish that people would still um kind of reach out to you, even if it's been a, a long time since it's happened? So I, I lost my baby in December of two thousand and sixteen. Okay. And so you it's been four years. years you still would want people to acknowledge you now? Like, would you still want your sister to say, hey, are you okay? Um, My cousin doesn't really say anything to me about it now. Um, People don't really talk about it now. Um, It's weird, though, uh, because, like, my two best friends are currently pregnant, and um, the jealousy, and I have a healthy rainbow baby, and we're done. My husband had a vasectomy, like, we're done. We have two healthy kids, we're done. <laughs> like, we're not, we're not having <laughs> again. So we're like, done, 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 done. <laughs> but, but like, the jealousy that, that I find just, like, ripping through my body, and, like, I'm not trying to have any more babies. Like, that ship has sailed. My you just always have, have, like, baby fever when you see somebody else having a yes. baby. Yes. <laughs> and even and even though like I know I'm done, I'm still like I lost my baby, you know, inside, and I'm like, whoa, where'd that come from? Like, I'm done. I think it's almost jealousy that for me, it's those that have an easy pregnancy yeah. because yeah. mine wasn't easy, and so to see some miserable to like, a breeze sucks. Yeah, mine was well, miserable the whole time. I hated it. Yeah, I think that's why it's great that we even doing this video, just hearing the different stories is bringing awareness to a lot of people that experience situations differently or people that haven't went through it all. Like, I I love this right now. Um, One thing for me would be, uh, that's help with coping with this with my family, is they do bring her up. Uh, Her her name was Lily, and so we find oftentimes a lot of the flowers, Lily flowers. And so that's kind of a way of memorializing her and we do that often and it brings a lot of joy to me because i know that they still think about it but i mean we planned for her um when my husband and i knew we were going to try and get pregnant in july and hopefully i'd give birth towards the end of the school year you know like this was planned because i wanted a baby i wanted to start my family with my husband and, and I think so um i was just going to add on to what you were saying just having family kind of constantly like check in on you and just remember with you not even knowing what ways you want them to support you um like when I first went through it and just my I told my brother and he kind of told many people that I wasn't expecting him to tell but I was happy at the end of the day when he did tell them because they all you know they came to me and they surrounded me and we love you and and just knowing that they were there and I didn't know that I needed that at the time so just you know finding some way to remember that there was a child there um and my husband, personally he got me like this uh I called the baby a nugget when I first found out so he got me like this nugget after and I'm just like I can't you know go without it so <laughs> definitely yeah and not being fake about it that was the big thing mm-hmm. like not acting like nothing was wrong like they still joke with me like they used to we still do things together um it's almost like continuing on with life but they're still remembering her when we see a cardinal which because we believe cardinals or loved ones from heaven visiting us which is my way of coping with things Mm -hmm. and so when we see a cardinal we tell each other when we see lilies we tell each other i mean just today i got a calla lily um rain rain 
thermometer holder thing, whatever, rain gauge. And so um, I put out, that out in my yard. I mean, there's multiple things. Uh, my nieces are very, very attached. And so I got them on Etsy, a Kyla Lily necklace. And my youngest niece, she's just 27 today, so today's her birthday. And she's not taken that thing off since the day I got it for her almost two, three months ago, I think. And then I've, almost every day I wear this necklace. Um, that's my baby's footprint. And it has lashes in it. And so this is something that I have not really parted with. And so for my family to, you know, want to buy Lily things and want to talk about her. And sometimes we'll joke about her um, teasing us from heaven or sending like a couple of times I was having really rough days at work and I had already used all my time. So I wasn't going to be able to take off unless I paid for it. And it snowed. There was no snow in the forecast, but it snowed. <laughs> and so I was like, thanks, Lily. I appreciate it. I needed, I needed a moment mm-hmm. at home. <laughs> and so, um, but just my friends um they've mentioned it you know with the sorry that i lost my baby that they wish it could have turned out differently you know like we all do um and then i just kept going and they mentioned her and and for me that's the best thing but i also know that it's very different for each person i mean some people don't want it to be mentioned at all yeah they don't want this to be brought up ever again it never happened it's whatever and so I feel like you really have to know the person that you're talking to, that you're friends with. Yeah. I guess that leads to the, uh, my question is, how did you get to the point where you were okay um, with talking about it? Oh, goodness. Um, <laughs> I knew it was going to happen. I, like I said, I knew that she was not going to make it. Um, everybody else was really optimistic, um, which sounds horrible that I wasn't, but I just kind of had this motherly feeling that it wasn't going to work out. Um, and so, but I knew that Lily would not want me to let this beat me down. Like if she was, if she could have changed it. She would have changed it. She would have kept fighting the way that she did, but I knew that she would not want this to hold me down. And there's been several times where I've had bouts of, um, depression. It's been a few times where I've considered suicide because it's hard having to live with this pain, this ache in your heart every day. And then it hits you out of nowhere. But it's like, I know that there's something better coming. I know I'll get to see her again. And so I know as my job as a mom right now, until I have another child or I'm gone from this earth, is to keep her memory alive because she deserved that. She was alive in my belly. Um, as soon as she became a fetus, she was like, she's alive. She deserves to have her memory alive. Mm-hmm. And that, that's just my, my feelings on that. And so it took, it took everything in me to be able to talk about this. But I feel like if I don't, because once everything happened to me, I realized how taboo this is and how nobody talks about infant death. Nobody talks about miscarriage. People I didn't even know came forward saying, oh, I lost my child. I'm thinking, when, did you, when were you pregnant? When did you lose your child? Like, why didn't you come out? I could have done something, you know, but then on the other side, I wasn't, even, wasn't pregnant at that time. So what would I have said? Yeah. And so it's just, I was shocked because these people came forward saying, I lost a baby. I know what that feels like. It's hard. And it's like, well, why didn't you say anything? Well, society doesn't want us to talk about it. That's not something we talk about. It's like, why? You went through that process. You had a baby 
why not talk about them? And I think because it's just a, you know, it see, it, it comes off as an ugly topic, I would say. And it, it, we just want to see the good. We want to see rainbows and sunshine all the time. And we have to know, you know, that sometimes it's not going to be those good things that we're looking for. Um, but I think for me personally, the teacher in me just wants to teach other women. And that's what's allowing me to be able to speak about it is because I, I need people to know that it's okay if you go through it. And it's a good chance that it could happen. And you're, you know, you're eventually going to be okay. You know, you're going to have women to support you in who've been through it and that can, you know, guide you on the right direction. I talk about it because I was, I felt so alone mm-hmm. until people started coming out of the woodwork to say, I've been there too. I've been there too. Um, but I felt alone other than my mentor. Um, and there's actually the art teacher at my school. She is like my mom's age. And she's one of the ones that came forward and said, I lost a baby between my daughters, which her daughters are like a year older than me and a year younger than me. <laughs> um, and so she like relived it with me. Um, and so we're actually really good friends, but I talk about it because I want other people to know that it's not your fault. Mm-hmm. And Hold on, my, my daughter is <laughs> naked and wants to say good night. Hold on. <laughs> I I mean, there's nothing that we can do. I hate that. There's there's nothing that we could do to stop a miscarriage. Mm -hmm. I mean, we can tiptoe the line the whole time and it could still happen. The preeclampsia could still happen. The stillbirth could still happen. There's nothing that we could do to stop it. And I hate that we carry that guilt, that mom guilt. And it hit me Mm -hmm. in the early stages because I felt like, what if I had held her in better? Like, what if I'd held her in longer? You know, 23 and 3, that's early. What if what if I could have just gone to sleep instead of my blood pressure raising? And then I realized one morning I was getting ready to go paint out my classroom because this whole pandemic thing. And it hit me that I did everything I could. I hate shots. I hate hospitals. I hate all of that. And I went through all of that for a week and a half, mm-hmm. almost two, actually about two weeks of nonstop pricking and hospital visits at all hours of the morning and afternoon and blood pressure checks every two to four hours and blood tests every two to four hours and it was like this is not what I want for my life and I realized I did everything I could I really did and I think that's why it's hard to hear people question you know why did it happen because we've already beat ourselves up a million times trying to figure out what we um Candace did you have anything else you wanted to share um no no okay well we appreciate you guys just coming on and sharing your story um it took a lot of courage (laughs) a lot of courage to share your story yeah guys it takes a huge amount of strength to share what you guys have shared today and we really appreciate you guys for bringing awareness to other women Mm -hmm. yeah i share one more thing yeah i don't know if you've ever read this book empty arms empty arms never heard of it no okay it she's an amazing author it has a little bit of a of a christian tint to it but not not overwhelming uh a co-worker of mine who'd never been through a miscarriage or child loss gave it to me this woman has been through very similar to yours she she had to push out, push out a baby but um, actually the baby was already gone in, at around like 25 weeks um but she covers tubals, miscarriage, stillbirths, children that die right after. And it goes through, I mean, it's once I was done being angry and I was ready to see 
what was out there to, to cope with this, I opened this book up six months later. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing. Can you hold that book up again? The Arms by Pam Revelvet. Revelt? I didn't want um, to try to say it. <laughs> and I just want to add to that. Um, there's tons of Facebook groups as well. Um, trying to conceive um, after a loss. Um, rainbow groups. There's ton of groups that you can definitely look at, and you'll you'll feel like, wow, I did not I think know that, there so yes. many women that go through this. Oh yeah, that was one of the most mind blowing things for me. Is that's the first thing I looked for on Facebook were um, parents of child loss, infant loss. And my heart shattered when one of the groups I joined had over 20,000 members in it. And I was like, hold up, 20,000 people have been through the same thing I'm going through? Like, that's absolutely heartbreaking. And then this other group, I don't know if there are members in both of them, but I mean, 15,000 people here, 12,000 people there. And I'm like, and that's when it hit. It's like, there are thousands upon thousands of women who have gone through this. Like, my mom's one of them. And that's probably the other thing that kills me is she um, got pregnant five times. My brother was the first one, and I was the last one. So she had three that she lost. And she also had preeclampsia. So we knew that this was a possibility for me, but wasn't sure if it was going to happen. And I asked, I was like, how do you deal with this? And I see all these people on these Facebook pages who have gone through the same thing I have. And I'm, I feel like I'm dying sometimes. Like, I feel like I'm literally dying without my daughter. And she says, I just had to put it behind me. And I'm like, how do you put it behind you? And I realized some people just grieve differently. And that's one thing my husband and I talked about when we lost Lily. It's like, we cannot judge each other on the way that we grieve because we're going to grieve differently. We're different people. We grew up different ways in different environments, um, even in different parts of the country. And so it's like, I couldn't judge him for that. And I couldn't judge my own mom for it either. She just put it behind her and kept going. She had two kids to take care of. Right. And so it's also like, well, she had two kids to take care of. Of course, she could just get through it. But it's, I don't, yeah. I don't know if I'm doing it the right way. I don't know if I'm doing this the wrong way. I just know that I'm grieving and I'm trying to go day by day. And that's all you can do. You know, there's mm-hmm. no right way to do it. Um, but I just want to thank you guys again. Um, this topic is so huge. You know, we could go on for hours. Um, we'll probably have to have another segment where we kind of just talk even more so into um, a, the subject. But we are going to wrap it up, guys. We do appreciate you guys just coming on and being brave enough to share your stories. Um, If you guys wouldn't mind just sharing the post, I will send you guys the link once we um, make it official. But I thank you guys for taking the time out. Thank you, guys. You got to add me into that group because I didn't get a a bunch of people.